Well, thank you again to all of those who have helped to put our worship service together for Leanne Reitelbaugh, who was our liturgist this morning, for our praise team and Wesley Choir, who offer our music leadership, and for Gary Brubaker, who always puts so our music so wonderfully together. Also for our faith ringers, who offered that beautiful piece of music this morning. Thank you. We are in this first Sunday in Lent. Um, as Lent comes every year, we're invited to stop waiting, to stop waiting. Um, as we pause on this journey with Jesus towards his death and resurrection. During this time, we are also involved in our ordinary lives, days that are good, days that are not so good, mornings that we wake up energized and ready to take on the world, and mornings that we wanna just crawl back into bed, evenings that we look back on the day with joy and with happiness, and evenings that we look back with regret or frustration. In the middle of all of these days, we are blessed. But what does that mean? What does it mean to be blessed? And how do we understand where God is with us? This season, we'll look at blessings that, that may not always seem like blessings. Blessed are the imperfect. Blessed are the curious. Blessed are those who suffer. Blessed are those who feel alone. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the rejected. Blessed are the fragile. Blessed are those who see it clearly. And blessed are those who hope still. This morning, blessed are the imperfect. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, um... I was uh, reading an article about um, this woman who is a social media influencer. And uh, last year, Hannah Williams, she had this baby girl. And she wanted to name her baby girl the most special and the most perfect name. And so she chose the name Quinn. And she told someone, and then they told her, that's really not the most beautiful name. And so she said, okay, um, so she looked at her baby girl again and she said, ah, her name is Winnie. Um, this is Winnie. And she told someone else and she said, this is the most special and the most perfect and the most beautiful name. And someone said, like the poo? And so she said, well, I guess it's not the most special and most perfect and most beautiful name. And so she changed the name again. And she said, her name is now Lenny Jean. And then people told her that's just too confusing. And she said, the baby's name is Lenny Jean. Is it the most special and perfect name? And if it's not, then what is the most special and perfect name? We all really want to be the best at something. You mean, you can watch any of the, the reality competition shows to see um, just who might be the best, the greatest baker, top chef, American Idol, and more. And there's usually just one winner. So are the rest, like, are they not the best? And let's be real. Can more than one person make the best meatloaf? Or is your grandma's meatloaf really the best? But what if someone else says their grandma's meatloaf is the best? Or what about who makes the best chocolate cake? Is it your great grandma or is it the bakery down the street? And, and does it take 100% of people to agree on something being the best? And when was the last time 100% of people agreed on anything? 
So how do you know what's the best? Well, I have some great news for you this morning. Are you all ready? You ready for this great news? The great news is you are not perfect. You're welcome. Um, amen. End of sermon. Wouldn't that be great? You know, that just leaves it, leaves it on that note. <laughs> but it's true though, right? We're not perfect. None of us is perfect. Does anyone have the perfect marriage? Does that mean it's without conflict? Does anyone have the perfect job? Now, you might love your job and you might think it's the greatest, but do you ever get tired of it or are there parts that just feel like not awesome? Does anyone have the perfect body that they love everything about themselves in every moment? You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. And sometimes you just have to let go of perfectionism. Elizabeth Gilbert says it like this. She says, it starts by forgetting about perfect. We don't have the time for perfect. In any event, perfection is unachievable. It's a myth and a trap and a hamster wheel that wheel that will run you to death. The writer Rebecca Solnit puts it well. So many of us believe in perfection, which ruins everything else, because the perfect is not only the enemy of the good, it's also the enemy of the realistic, the possible, and the fun. But I see it differently. I think perfectionism is just a high-end haute couture version of fear. I think perfectionism is just fear in fancy shoes and a mink coat pretending to be elegant when actually it's just terrified. Because underneath that shiny veneer, perfectionism is nothing more than a deep existential angst that says again and again, I am not good enough and I will never be good enough. Have you ever felt that way? Not good enough, needing to be perfect. And at what point do you know when you've achieved it? Or does it just keep? going and going and going. And there's a temptation that we have to be perfect, comparing yourself to the slim view that we see of other people, maybe that we see of other people on their social media pages or the slim view that we see of one another in the stores or at a particular time making sure that the lighting is just right on your pictures that you post so that no one notices your imperfections. Comparing ourselves to someone who seems to have it all together. It is so tempting to just keep trying harder and harder and exhausting ourselves to make something that just won't be attained. Our passage this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew about Jesus' temptation. After Jesus' baptism, Jesus went to the wilderness where he experienced temptation. Turn the stone to bread so that you won't feel empty anymore. Control the world with all of the political power so you don't feel shame. Call upon the angels to protect you so that you never experience any fear. 
just manage all of the risk in the world and control everyone and everything. And it will all be okay. The tempter basically tells Jesus, you deserve better than what you have. Shouldn't you have more? Shouldn't you have better? I mean, you're Jesus for crying out loud. Maybe try just a little bit harder. Have you heard those voices telling you that you're not enough? Try just a little bit harder. In Hebrew, the word for Satan is hasatan, and it means the tempter. Don't we all hear those voices telling us that we're not good enough? Telling us that we're not strong enough? Telling us that we're going to fail? Telling us everything that's wrong with us? Tempting us to believe all of those lies? Tempting us to succumb to them? Tempting us to believe them when they're just not true? We're not perfect. And there is a freedom in knowing that you have limits, that you have things that you can't do, that there will be times that you will fail. It's in the freedom of imperfection that we find the strength of the one who is strong. It's at the edge of our humanity that we discover just what God has to offer to us. It's in our imperfection that we find the perfection of God. And we trust in that. I heard an interview uh, with Daniel Radcliffe, who is the actor who played Harry Potter in the movie series. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, in the interview asked, um, asked Daniel Radcliffe what his plan was to make a movie bigger than Harry Potter. And Daniel Radcliffe, you know, thought for it, thought for a second. He said, oh, oh, I can't. There will never be anything that I do as big as Harry Potter, and I'm not even going to try. And the interviewer was shocked and said, what? Uh, and tried to convince him that there was still something to be made and something that was better and greater. And Daniel Radcliffe again responded. And he said, you know what? There is actually so much freedom in knowing I've already done something great and I can do whatever I want to do and whatever brings me joy. Recognizing who we are at the edge of our humanity offers the chance for us to trust in God's power all that more. And it offers us the chance to see the joy in what we do and not in striving for something on our own. At the end of the passage with Jesus, when Jesus rebukes the temptation and the tempter, the angels wait on Jesus. His needs are met. God will not abandon us. In fact, God invites us to accept what God has to offer. Receive this gift. Receive this grace. Receive this blessing. Blessed are the imperfect. Lent offers us the chance for forgiveness, for repentance. Lent offers us the chance to recognize that God offers us more than we can imagine, and we rely on God's grace for everything. 
Lent reminds us that we are not perfect on our own, but that we are made perfect in God's love. And isn't that good news? Hear this good news. You're not perfect. Hear this good news. God loves you. You are enough. You are worthy. Blessed are the imperfect. Thanks be to God. Amen.